Hello Miami. Creative Renaissance Miami. My name is Ivan. And my name's Paul. And you are joining us for the first official episode of the series where we are going out and interviewing some of Miami's uh, creative pioneers. And in this case, it's two very specific ones. It's Villain Theater. Now, Villain Theater started in Miami um, about three, four months ago. August the 1st was their start date. And it is now it is now December, so five months ago they've been at it, and they are doing very well. Yeah, it's a company started by uh, Jeff Quintana and Peter Mir, uh, who have um, kind of had a, a creative relationship for for over a decade, but um, have come together with this project and this this company seems like kind of the culmination of, of this relationship. Everything is has built up to this point, and they are taking. Miami by storm, um, kind of doing some new things here. And we thought it'd be perfect to interview them as our first official interview. And they have brought some serious improv to Miami. That's what v- Villain Theater is. Yeah, there's been, I mean, you know, there's been improv in, in Miami, but, um, uh, you know, Jeff went away. He was in, in Chicago for a while, and he's he's come back with a lot of of that energy and as if you if you know Chicago is kind of the improv capital of the of the world and so there's a a, a bit of of that energy that's coming it's coming here with with villain but another reason why we thought this would be the perfect way to to kind of launch this podcast is because we're exploring what it really means to be in the moment mm. you know uh creativity always Regardless of, you know, sometimes you may have an idea and then it takes five years, 10 years to develop. But there's always that initial idea, that spark. And um, it how always happens in the moment. And with improv, you know, there's no script. There's no real preparation. That uh, spark is happening at every moment. Yeah. And based off of what that last person said or what that last person has come in with. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Have you ever done improv, Paul? Not really. I've done a couple of informal classes uh, with Peter uh-huh. um, and with um, with Ozzy Quintana. But it's um it's a scary thing, and it's it seems like it's impossible. You see them up on stage coming up with this amazing stuff, and it's it's all on the spot. It just looks like they're they're acting out a script. Yeah. It doesn't seem possible. Why why do you think it's so terrifying? I think that you're going to you feel like you're going to stand up there and um, everybody's going to be doing all these great things. And then it's going to come to you and it's your turn to say a line and you have nothing to say and you're going to look like a fool. Or I you think say, that's what it is. Or you say something that, that you think is is really funny you're going to take and then it's like cricket, cricket. And then everyone's looking at you like, how are how are we going to go from here? You know, you just ruined our improv show. Yeah, or maybe the first thing you blurred out is going to be something that you didn't want to say in front of a room full of people. Right. <laughs> because you're supposed to be spontaneous. You're not supposed to think about it. You're supposed to be in the moment and just do it. Yeah, but you're That's up scary. there. You're up there. And, and there's something about exercising that, about exercising that muscle of just kind of going with it that uh, I think is really at the, at the heart of creativity. Um, because it's very easy to get a creative impulse and then the other voices come in, the ones mm-hmm. that tell you why that's a terrible idea or why it'll be impossible to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But the more that you exercise that voice and, mm-hmm. and listen to it, the more, the stronger it gets. And with improv, you have no choice but mm-hmm. to, you know, you can't edit yourself when you're there. So, um, Well, it's going to be interesting to hear how, um, how that voice, um, those impulses have, you know, have changed the lives of, of these two guys. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I've been to their show, uh, one time and it was, it was really, uh, an amazing experience. I laughed a lot. Have you, have you had a chance to see that? I haven't been out there yet. This will be my first time out there. Oh, you're in for a treat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It should be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to go and interview them and then we're going to stick around for their Saturday gigantic show and. And see where this all goes. So fantastic! Looking forward to it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm joined by uh, Peter Mir and Jeff Quintana of uh, Villain Theater. Thank you guys for having us. Hello. Get that on the record that I thanked you. Yeah, <laughs> you're so polite. Yeah, Peter. And when I'm recorded, I'm much more polite. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> so, so who are you guys? Like, what okay. is Villain Theater? Who are you? 
Uh, villain theater is, I think, an idea like 10 years in the making uh, for us because we were always wanting to open up a comedy theater down here that did like more theatrical kind of improvised stuff. But we just didn't have the know-how, I think, yet. So it took us a while to get there. Um, but eventually, you know, we pulled together all this stuff that we've been learning in Chicago and New York and here. And uh, it's actually named after a group that I had in uh, Chicago, like my Herald team, which is a very, like, prestigious thing over there to be on a Herald team at the Improv Olympic. And uh, we lasted for about three or four years. And, you know, once we were over, I was like, well, I think it's time to come back here and start something. And uh, Peter mm -hmm. was right there. Ready to go, as always. Yeah, the, uh, the, the timing was very good. I mean, we, Jeff and I met like 13 years ago or something mm -hmm. like that. And, um, and so we, um, it's going to be, yeah. And um, we met, I wasn't an actor then, and Jeff was certainly not an actor then. And uh, we really had no theater experience, but Jeff's brother, Ozzy Quintana, had a group called Impromity that did improv um, FIU, Florida International University, adjacent. And, um, and so, DM 150. That's right. <laughs> that Shout out to Free Space and university campuses. <laughs> they always remain. And so um, we did, uh, we went to an audition together. And, and Jeff had an in. He knew the, the I was director. Forced. I was forced into that audition. That's right. And so. this was the first time you met. You hadn't met before. No, yes. at all. It was an auspicious meeting as Very well. Auspicious. Was there like an instant, like, click it would be the, what's guess? the opposite of a click like yeah a <laughs> we i think we like made fun of each other immediately right? immediately i was like that guy's a fucking dick yeah right. <laughs> yes. we're less homophobic than we were back then but yeah, yeah. it's to say it was probably yeah, a different word than dick and yeah. uh, <laughs> and so anyway so we did this audition and we started doing improv which we thought was improv back then and, and bad sketch comedy and we did it for a while um, with the best intentions, and Promedy was a great time for us to learn and, and have a lot of fun. And then uh, I ended up being inspired to go to theater school after that, and we continued doing improv. And I, I finished FIU theater, and then I moved to Chicago, uh, so to New York. And then Jeff met me in New York. Yeah, uh, we we lived there together, trying to do improv there. And Literally then, lived together because I had to stay in his room. Yeah, yeah. And on his. Oh, uh, that's a good story. That could be a whole <laughs> podcast in itself. <laughs> but we were evicted the same week that Jeff came uh, to live with me. So. Yeah, so, so we were like living on that, that amount of time that the, in New York, they actually have laws that protect the people who, who rent. So they had to give us like three months. And so for three months, we were there <laughs> trying to find a place to live. And then eventually I was commuting from Connecticut over and then Jeff ended up after other adventures. I was sleeping on a bench for two weeks <laughs> in a park yeah. outside in the snow. Yeah. With my computer out, getting Wi-Fi from the public But wifi. might I add to all the kids out there, we were still performing. And no, we were. We still went to everything. I still went to auditions and everything. It was yes, ridiculous. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that it, it's that villain theater is an idea like 10 years in the making. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that was maybe year six. And then, and then he went to Chicago. I, came, uh, I lived in New York for a while longer, but then I came back, met my wife, got married, and I've been here since then. And then Jeff just got back from Chicago in May. In May, and we in the last year we've been talking about well, how can we make this happen here? Yeah. Because for us, it was something that we wouldn't have left to New York or Chicago if we had it here. And now that we had that experience, we can build it here. Um, and so for yeah. us, Miami is a fertile ground. Mm -hmm. um, there's nobody doing uh, improv the way that we do, and there's certainly not even anyone, period, doing sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so. We figured we got to start organically, start off with classes and uh, and just friends, and we've been growing it, you know, week to week ever since then. Yeah. So do you guys know what like the? Uh, we're, we're really curious about kind yeah. of that 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 spark, that moment yeah. where it, because you said it's been in the making for ten years, right? Mm -hmm. But then I'm sure that something then, like, switched yeah. at a certain point where it it moved from, hey, wouldn't it be great to do a cup to. We can actually do, do this. It now. Do you guys know uh, the moment? I think, so once, like, it probably was about two years ago when we were finally like, man, when should I come down? Yeah. You know? Because that's where I kept, like, asking I'm myself. I'm not sure, this. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's for you, but the timing was kind of close to when your dad passed. And, yeah. And, um, and I know that Jeff has always been a very family-oriented person, and... He hated having to be so far away from them. Yeah. So it, it was one of the things that, like, he was like, man, it, when he was visiting around that time, and we were seeing each other more, because when he was in Chicago, obviously, we didn't have the same contact, and, and it was kind of like, yeah, this is comfortable. This feels right, you being here, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and it just to do this kind of thing, man, I mean, you need somebody you trust, because I've seen, like, whatever, I've gotten to operate 
with like some of the theaters up there in Chicago and you see like, you know, some of them are imbalanced because they just got all this like, you know, we want it our way and this one wants ego. it his way and there's a bunch of ego in it and like whatever with us at least, you know, if we ever get mad at each other, it's like for like 10 seconds or yeah. something. Yeah. And it's just us going like, all right, we got mad because of this and now it's over. Let's right. do what the thing that we came here to do. Do you think that's something uniquely my, because I, I mean, I, I went away and I uh. came back kind of for the same reason and, and in terms of, I don't know if family is the right word, but there's there's a dynamic here that almost I didn't find somewhere else. Yeah, I think like uh, th that's the difference with like whatever our I guess uh, immigrant parents as to other people, you know, like kind of thing. I think the family structure in like Hispanic families in general just makes people want to stay together kind of thing like everybody here moves next to their parents like everybody has houses <laughs> next yeah. to each other so it's like people are nearby to each other and like I don't know for me like it didn't seem to bother anyone else when I was in Chicago or in New York like people like were just like oh yeah I don't see my family it's fine but like for me it was like I don't know that's like a part of how what keeps my energy going and makes me able to create yeah. and stuff makes me happy kind of oh. thing is to be with these people yeah. so like it's just something I needed I think in order I think I've done my best work since whenever I see them I see them for like a bit and then like if I go do something it's like the best thing I've ever done. And then do you guys feel like family in a way? Yeah, totally. definitely. We're brothers. Um, I, it was funny when we were back in Impromity, there was a, a period that I took a bit of a hiatus um, when I got really involved in FI Theater and Jeff I think was in Gainesville at the time and then when he came back um, he was doing Theater Strike Force. I'm going to drop as many names as possible. <laughs> um, so at that time, we haven't mentioned anybody in Chicago really though. But, um, but so we, uh, he came back and we both wanted to do something different. And even then, within Impromity, we formed our own group. And it was just mm -hmm. that we kind of get it in a different way together. It's and called, and that, uh, that's a unique thing. One Mind was okay. the name of that one. Not yeah. the greatest name. <laughs> but, terrible. you know, it was... You Didn't know. you tell me there's a group in Chicago that nearly had there's the same name? There's a group that I actually worked with that I was artistic director for for a little while. It was One Group Mind. So it was just funny that that <laughs> intersected that way. <laughs> but time. I don't know. About the Miami thing, I think, um, for me, I don't have a very big connection... I'm gonna say this on, re on record, we're truly <laughs> honest, with my family or with Miami as a city. I'm not, I'm not very Hispanic, I don't see myself that way. Where were you born? Uh, here, in Miami, yeah. But you don't feel a connection to Miami? Not really, no. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe it's because I'm a sociopath, but, um, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but I just don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. What really attracted me to doing theater is, and, and it's why I like to write, is I love creating the opportunity. And in and, and improv, you have that way to do that on stage with actors. And I got, once I, I lived in New York for a while, one thing I realized, I wasn't part of the clique. Like, I didn't go to NYU. I didn't go to Columbia. I, I'm not one of these interns. I'm not one of these prep school kids. And I was there doing intern work with kids who are doing this because they're 19, you know? And I was 26 at the time. Like, man, these guys have an in. I don't. And then you see the Delacorte. You see, you know, um, uh, the public theater. You see all of this stuff. And you're like, these guys have been, you know, in this, in this career path since they were kids. And what am I expecting to get in there? I have yeah. to create my own career path. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to Miami, I really only pursued doing production stuff. But having someone that you can produce with, a uh, partnership with that is very unique. Like I, I liken it to like a, a rock band, mm -hmm. you know? Like it's a special thing. You have to have a vibe with somebody and I don't have to wonder what Jeff is thinking. Mm -hmm. Like we're on the same page, you know? So yeah. Well, it's very interesting. The last, I mean, the, the, the show I came to see, mm -hmm. um, uh, there was a, a portion of the show where it was like comedy groups, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you had some, some, and you could see, I mean, they were funny, but you could see that they had just kind of started working together. And then yeah. you guys took the stage and it was just the two of you. Yeah. And there was this chemistry happening where it was like, it wasn't like two separate, it was like, there was almost one mind in a way. How, I mean, how did that develop? How? I think that's the magic of improv, to be honest. I mean, Jeff can speak more to that, like as far as <laughs> the technical skill, but. Yeah, I think the technicality behind it is just the fact of like, you know, like if you rehearse like twice a week or something or more than that with the same person all the time, kind of thing. And then you start hanging out with that person all the time. It's like, you just start being, it's just like with any of your friends, right? If you mm -hmm. sit there, your friends, you guys can sit there and you have common pastimes, right? And common things that you guys have experienced together. So once you have all these experiences and you have like that time logged in of just, you know, working with each other, I think all that stuff starts coming out. Cause now when he sits there and he says something like, you know, like he's just like, oh, I want a dragonfly. 
I know right. exactly what he's talking about because I know that we sat there and watched some stupid video about dragonflies. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And that's like the kind of stuff that keeps coming out when you've like worked with somebody for a long time. The, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull my, my theater education. I mean, I paid for it. So I yeah, yeah. It. I, didn't pay, so I, I didn't pay for it. I did my thesis on, uh, on improv and camaraderie. And, uh, and the only and the, you look up the word camaraderie, even the word chemistry between people, you don't find a lot of academic research on it. And even the word chemistry is not what they use. They use camaraderie, um, and, and it's not community theater. It's, a, it's not that idea of that you're creating a piece with other people, and that's it. You know, Other than improv, there really is no theatrical example within established theater. The closest thing that you get is like Grotowski, and where he had his poor theater, and where he has these communes set up, where people had to live together and, and establish almost that family. Mm -hmm. And improv attempts to do that through training with strangers. And um, there is uh, it's, there's a phrase called team through time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in improv, and, and the idea, obviously, it's, it's pretty obvious, but that you can only really get to the level where you're finishing each other's sentences by basically living in each other's skin. I mean, like, for us, for Jeff and I's re rehearsal, we don't do that two-person show anymore that you saw just because we filled the programming with other stuff. We want to get more people involved. <laughs> I mean, Jeff and I doing a show ourselves, we could have not started a theater company and done that. So, um, but, um, but our rehearsals for that were, we're going to hang out for five hours today. Yeah. That's how we rehearsed because that's how we get that sort of chemistry to be like, I'm, I'm in the same place that you are. Um, that camaraderie, really. And it has to do with giving up fear, and it has to do um, with really listening to each other and allowing that to be, like, your, his thoughts are my thoughts. And that's the same thing, mm -hmm. you know? And, and if you can get to comfort that way, where you're not judging his choices. You made me think mm -hmm. it's such a nerdy thing. Kick it. But it's very, if you like Pacific Rim, that's, Ooh. that's the one, right? Boom. Perfect nerd thing. Guys, but Pacific like Rim was thing. a movie. It was a movie that was kind of bad, but... Not very good. It was kind of like Power Rangers, but with, <laughs> imagine, $200 million budget. Yeah, but robots. And robots was Guillermo del Toro, and it was kind of ripping oh. off Gundam. Yeah. You know Gundam I and, love and Evangelion. Why are we explaining we, we, if, I don't know <laughs> But regardless, it was a per, two people that were paired inside of a robot, and their minds were melded together, so if one of them died, the other one would die, and the robot would die. And that, I think, is a great metaphor. That's it for improv, for real. So villain theater is your robot. It's it our is. Robot. It's a giant robot. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Villain Theater. Hi, everybody. You saw me before. I'm not skinnier. <laughs> Give them some time, guys. Wait till the end of the night. I'm working on it. I've lost, like, 20 pounds or something. <laughs> you sweat enough. I know, I always <laughs> so, uh, so we have this is Saturday Gigantic. Welcome. We have a whole night of shows for you tonight. Um, and I, my name's Peter, and this is Jeff. Hello. For the directors here at Villa Theater. Welcome to acting. <laughs> my name is Niven Ropez. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I've noticed that you made a thought. That was your first mistake. <laughs> wow, you're so good. I know. I look into people, and then I look into myself, then I look back into the people, then I have them look into a mirror, then look at me, and then we realize we're inside of ourselves. Well, I didn't bring a pencil, so ah, I'm not well, I didn't bring a lecture. <laughs> you know, some people might think, oh, improv, you just, you just show up and you come up with it in the moment. Nah. But, <laughs> yeah, what bullshit. lies. So <laughs> how do you prepare? Can, I, can we curse on this? I've been you've, cursing you've already. already been oh, you have so. I've been cursing. As you're so yeah. used to it that you didn't even notice. Oh, good. Yes. But yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. cursed. No, I think like you know, there's so much to it actually, man. Like getting, like kids can do it easy. Like you yes. get two kids together and you go, hey, you guys are unicorns and you got to run around for a while, dude. They'll do that for. 40 minutes. And why is that? Why you do know? we grow out of that? Because we start judging ourselves. That's Everybody it. starts judging themselves, and now when you get on stage, you're not getting on and just going, oh, I'm going to play with my friend. You're going, oh, man, I'm wearing this shirt. I look like this. Right. This morning I had coffee. That Are they going to laugh? Brain. Are they going to laugh at me? Is, it, is my mom out there? Can I say certain things with my mom out there? Like, and also whatever. there's a thing with improv that people think that they're revealing a more true version of themselves. Yeah. And I, I feel like in my class I try to teach people against that when we teach improv, and I'm like, actually, these people, the audience doesn't know who you are. If you yeah. go out there and play a pedophile, they don't know you're a pedophile or not. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. if you're out there and you're a superhero, no one thinks you're a superhero. So just go out there, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but the, the point of that being the, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> just the honesty of the reaction, I think, is the main thing. Yes. Like, getting people to get back to honesty. Getting back me. to, like, reacting. Yeah. yeah. The, the bullshit thing of that you, you don't have to work at this at all. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's an actor cliche of like when you perform, it's for the first time, mm -hmm. right? There's no first time like doing an improv show. Right. It yeah. actually yeah. is the, the first, first time, time. Every time. And the last time. The irony of the audience witnessing you trying to make this up, really, they're just witnessing you living that moment for the first time. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like you're watching like that, that illusion of the first time. It's not an illusion. So we're in a more immediate theater than anybody else, anyone else. And mm -hmm. it's that thing of, if you can conquer that fear, mm -hmm. if you could be, I'm gonna live in front of people, then you're doing improv. Yeah, and then your acting is like 10 times better. Mm -hmm. And this is like right? a path to me. It's not, yeah. it's yeah. not a mountain, you can't climb it. You're just constantly on this path winding yeah. forever. How true can you be? Because one day you're gonna sit there and it's like, man, I was doing great at this specific part of the work, yeah. but then this part went down and it's like, now I gotta work on that. So it's forever. So you, you talked about fear and here's the thing that, ter like you just, you guys just asked me when, when I showed up here, yeah. you know, yes. hey, uh, you know, throw something in in the show today, and I'm terrified. He's gonna, he's gonna do it though. I'm terrified, I will, will because uh, you know, I'm all about kind of breaking through those walls of fears, but yeah. I'm terrified. Like, because there's an audience there, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, they've paid to laugh, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, um, I don't know, like how, how have you guys, or do you still feel a sense of responsibility, or do you still feel pressure to make them laugh? I think like, at least here. I think we'll have different answers. Someone, maybe, yeah. yeah. Like, I think for me, if you're gonna advertise it as a comedy show, there should be comedy mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's just my view because I'm just like, I don't wanna lie to these people. They came here to laugh and have a good time or whatever. So there's that. Am I a slave to that? No, not really. Like I'll just sit there and just be like, all right, what is interesting for me yeah. right now to play with this person yeah. kind of thing. But so you just kind of forget about the audience? You have way? to kind of, well, I still hear them. I think whatever. I use them for what they're there for to me. It's just like, they're gonna give me cues, right? right? Like, just like you have lighting cues or whatever, they give me a cue and let me know, oh, that's the thing that they found interesting. That's the thing that's probably interesting about this scene. That's the thing I'm gonna keep playing with, mm, yeah. kind of thing. Instead of like going out anywhere else, I'll be like, okay, they laughed at this. That's what I'm gonna work on more. I think you know? uh, for me, the audience doesn't even notice when they're not laughing if they're entertained. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're telling a good story and they're just into the characters and they love what's happening, They'll remember the laughs because those are easy things to quote to their friends, but really they're just in it. Yeah. And we, we did a really fun, so we're starting to record our shows finally, which is against the spirit of theater, but, <laughs> but we know this publicity. <laughs> and, uh, well, we're going to be recording your show tonight. To fantastic. First. Yeah, we might off. even drop in a, a clip right here or something. Oh. Let's do it. Let's do it. So what we need from you is the title of a movie that has never been made, is not currently in production, is not a prequel, and is not a sequel. The can is cold. The can is cold. We are not yet rated, and this is the can is cold, the movie. We hear a roar from under the train. <laughs> I think it's, I don't even want to say it. I think it's the beer troll. <laughs> and something we like to show is our audience in our videos because first off doing a show for nobody is no fun and uh, but second off is that you get to see the audience how they're reacting and they and it's the last show that we just put up which is our first one um, the uh, deep love which was our improvised movie we pan to the audience and it's not the audience ha 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 laughing non-stop like it was you know yeah. uh, stand-up show uh, even that, that didn't even happen really in stand-up shows but, but you see them just glued you know, just yeah. paying attention to every detail and and because anything can happen. Anything could happen, and and you're and the type of action that's going on is it's as mental for us as it is for you because you're mm -hmm. imagining everything with us. You know, you're imagining the props and the sets and the character relationship and everything. So if you really are into it, you are as creative as we are on stage. You know. Yeah. And when we're teaching this stuff, it's like that's the whole thing too. Like I guess the whole thing of the laughs is the thing I want to comment on. Is yeah. Like, you know, like you don't watch your favorite comedy movie ever. You can sit there in time, in between the minutes that there are that there are not laughs. There is no laughs happening, kind of thing. Because you There's need to up. build up to things. Right. You need to mm -hmm. like Payoffs. form tension so that way we break tension with comedy, yeah. kind of thing. And I don't think like. 
people think they're gonna come here and it's just like, I gotta do a laugh a minute. And I'm like, no, you gotta learn how to build it up and then strike yeah. every time, you know? It's not like this kind of thing where you just go up there and say funny things. I think that's where the fear comes in. It's not, uh, it's trusting yourself to get through those moments yeah. where you're building. And know, okay, I'm doing the work, we're setting up the characters, the scenario makes sense, we're getting to the point. Maybe a whole minute has passed by, mm -hmm. we haven't paid it off yet. And then you have that moment where somebody comes in and, and uses yeah. what you built and they laugh, you know? Yeah. Are there any nights where you feel you're not on? Or like you mm -hmm. bump? Like what happens when, when it's just, yeah. it's not? I like, man. I Honestly, we were like the wrong people to talk to about that. I mean, you probably have, well, I don't know. For me, I think of it like a sport, okay? So if you practice, like, I'm not gonna compare myself to like an NBA athlete, but let's say if you're practicing and you're an athlete, like there's only how bad that you can play at your certain skill level, you know? Um, and with something like this that's mental, it's like you're, we're performing every night. Sure, I would have loved to have scored 50 points this game, right, if to use a basketball analogy. But I don't think, I'm never a scrub out there. I'm never going over, you know? Like I'm, I'm never striking out on everything. Yeah. Um, so, it, so you never got like one for 20. Well, yeah. I, when I started, well, but the thing started. is, as you continue, you know, you, you learn to build in other ways, whether I'm helping somebody else's scene or I'm creating um, the, the setting or I'm just helping with the editing. And so I'm, I'm making the show better just by being in it. Um, and so it, it, it's not a thing, it's not a competition. It's not like how many laughs that I get. It's not how we measure ourselves. We measure ourselves with how good the story and the show came out. Yeah, it's and, a group yeah. thing. It's the whole group, like whatever. I can't sit there and be like, I was bad today. Right. You know, I can only sit there and be like, was the show I good? did my part. Was the show good? The whole show was good, then we did our part. Right. It it's like we won the game. Who cares yeah. if I didn't score any points? Yeah, exactly. So. I was the guy on the bench the whole time. Fine. <laughs> I, I helped everybody I did get great. it. I gave I people water. Great. Yeah. Those people needed that. Water yeah, boy. Exactly. Every, you know, you need a water boy. Yeah. It's important. Uh, so, so this may actually, mm -hmm. like, this question, and please feel, you know, I guess I don't want to destroy the, you know, get you in your head or whatever, but yeah. I almost want to, if you can slow down this yeah. that moment, okay? So let's say, you know, you're up there and and, and Jeff, you throw a line to, to Peter and then you now you are there Good. and you have to come up with something. And it's a split second, but can you slow that down and what this goes is, on in your head? This is our level one class. You guys are class. getting a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> this day is our level one. one class day one. Um, there's, so there's, you're trying to speed up this reaction, right? There's yeah. three questions that you want to ask immediately when you get that first line so right so the first line can be anything i always tell people like if you make it specific great you know that helps me but you could also come out and just be like hey and i have to assume a lot mm -hmm. right so the three things i'm going to ask myself is i'm like all right great how do i feel right what's my emotion towards this so that's a slowdown right there so it's like how do i feel about this all right i'm sad great i got one answer to one question the next thing is like who is this person to me right are they a romantic relationship, are they a family relationship, or are they a friend relationship? Everything fits under those three. Anybody you work with, I consider friend. Mm -hmm. Anybody that you make out with, I consider romantic. Your family is your family, kind of thing. So those are the three types of relationships you hopefully can do. They're not all together. Yeah, hopefully they're not all together. <laughs> some Game parts, of Thrones sort some of parts of Texas. Um, so, so you sit there and it's just like, those, that's the first two questions you ask. So how do I feel? What is our relationship, right? And then the last one I ask is, what are they really saying to me, right? So if they're saying, hey, Right, but it's how they said hey to me, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody just came up to me and went, hey, I'm gonna assume immediately, I'm like, oh man, somebody just died. Yeah, yeah. everything's context, yeah. right? I'm and the first line that. doesn't matter, like, just like Jeff was saying, like, we, uh, we don't put any pressure on the first line because that guy's going out there and he's, you know, putting their he's neck being out. brave enough. Yeah, just to start it. So if, if it comes in, you know, actually, give me a line. We'll do it, we'll do a scene. We'll do a scene, fine. Um, man, like, it just, my pants aren't fitting as well today. You should be happy about it. You've lost a ton of weight. Yeah, but like, am I losing who I am now? Like, are people still going to recognize me? You're just, you're going to be just as funny if, if you're not the fat guy. People don't laugh at you because you're fat. They laugh uh -huh. at you because you are creative. Uh, it took you really long to I, say what that was. Yeah. So it makes me think that they're laughing at me because I'm fat. No, you just, it's you just took so long to do I didn't that. Wanna, I didn't want to put pressure on you. Well you, well, you are now, because now I'm like sitting there wondering, I'm like, are you being honest? Or are you just taking this much time to sit there and be like, let me think of something to tell this guy so he doesn't feel sad? Creative wasn't my first choice. 
What was the first choice? I was, I was going to say funny, but, but you're more than that. That's why I wanted to give you more than that. Uh, I don't know. This feels like, you know, you're just like bullshitting me. <laughs> no, don't, don't think I'm bullshitting you. And I'm happy. It's good for your health that you're doing this, man. I, I mean, I was worried about you before. Oh, uh, were you really? Yeah. Did you think bit. that I was going to lie? I, I go to sleep sometimes at night and I think I'm going to die. Well, I go to sleep at night, and sometimes I think you're going to die. So maybe well, so I'm, I'm, I'm you're not even that. thinking about you. <laughs> Why would I think about me? I'm fine. So, scene. Cool. So, <laughs> right. This is actually a perfect segue because we had planned. Yeah. Who's going to die first? A yeah. little, oh, okay. Oh, a little, scenes. Yeah, yeah. A little game. Oh. Uh, and we set a, a couple rules. I mean, I have uh, six, uh, 12 papers here. Okay. okay. We're going to do this three times. Excellent. I'm going to give you a minute. A minute. Is that, is that okay? Sure, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll set a timer. A minute for each one or a minute for yeah, all Yeah, but you're going to pick two. Oh. For two. Well, a and minute then, for two. Uh, you know, you're going to... Do we have to use them together? I don't know. I mean, so many rules. Uh, what do you... You tell me. Uh, <laughs> I don't this, know. This is a scene to... for you with nothing. <laughs> we'll do it for whatever you want. But, but if you, So if we want to diagno well, diagnose... That's not the word. To break down what we just did. Uh, with your line, your pant line, I just made it... Important. Made it important. You know, and I made it personal, and then we just go back and forth with that. Yeah. So and a lot of that might be honest too. Some of it's made up. So Some of it's made up. Like I don't think I remember. All right, what are we doing? So, so read it. Okay. Read it? Okay. Now what do we do? You're gonna read paper. it out loud. Oh, out loud, for, so they can know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Uh, maybe afterwards to reveal our amazing choices. All right. No, it's okay. No, we'll do it now. Mine says Clint Eastwood plainly. Great. Mine says Three Toed Sloth. Fantastic. Okay, so Clint so, Eastwood and Three Toads. Are those inspirations or the, that's who we are? Just wherever I, we want. I mean, whatever you would do. If, okay, cool. If, if an audience threw this out to you. Oh, good. Clint well, Eastwood and a Three Toads Sloth. Two at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to give you a minute just so we can, you know. So I just started. Go for it. Well, I saw that you... Listen, you're going to have to oh. get off my lawn quick. <laughs> Sir, I came and wanted to bring you... These. Letters. I don't want these. What are they? Cookies? What are you, UNICEF? This. I don't carry pennies anymore. I'm, it's an outdated currency. I'm here with my Girl Scout troop number three, nine, three, nine, four, four, nine. I'm an elderly man. I don't have this much time on this earth. Seven, eight. There's more. Do you have to finish all of these? Two. Is that part of it? One. Where's your parents? There, you should have an adult uh, supervising you. My mom is in the car. Over there? Over there by the fire hydrant. I broke it. Listen, you seem like a sweet young lady. Time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let me add, like, um, the three-toed sloth thing, like, was, was that going to... Yeah, you used it. I used it. That was him with his uh, speed. The speed of how he was speaking. Oh, so you were the three-toed sloth. I took it as like a person that is three-toed sloth-like. So yeah. Oh, okay. So I took him and I just slowed them down in the way they speak. So it's not like you have to actually get the three... Like, it's inspiration. You know? It's inspiration. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know. great. Let's, let's do it again. Did you get my clean Eastwood? Yeah, that, yeah See? I got that. See? I'm a better actor. You're a better get off actor. my lawn. <laughs> Immediately. All right. So uh, these, actually, off. let's do what you suggested last time. Tell them after? Like, let's tell them after. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So, go okay. ahead. I got mine. Yeah. Uh, listen, just tie your car to my car with this chain, and I'll drag you home. Uh, look, I'm just, I'm a little bit more fancy than that. I can just get my AAA, and they'll, they'll come and pull me. I have a chain in my car. Huh? Don't ask me how I got there. <laughs> I just keep a chain and just ignore the blood on the chain. Look, I really can't. I really can't do that. All right, I'm in the medical profession. All right, I'm someone that I can tell that something's wrong here. This is the way I'm used to doing things. Can't you feel comfortable with this? Don't you trust me? Come uh, on. Not really. No. Here, here, you have, have, a, have blood a, on here, the back of your car. Here, have a have a drink. What? what? Did you just have this in the back of your trunk? This is. You will love this vodka. I can't. I have an operation. When I get to the office, I have someone has a terrible, terrible. You're in a hurry. Uh, Let's go then. I, I will. I'm fine. You can go ahead. I'm just gonna wait here. My truck will come. Listen, my car is fast. I'll drive you. Huh? This, look, I got a root canal to do. You can just go. Just go. I'm not even gonna call the cops. This accident. It's over. You know, just Who's go. Who's about cops? No cops. I know. I know. I'm not calling the cops. Please don't hurt me. Time. <laughs> so what were... Where were they, Jeff? You do yours. Dentist. Dude, dentist. Mine was Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I like Not it. racist. It's cool. I like it. Okay, let's do one more. Just All right. Yes. Yeah, just just to see, uh, see what happens. There you fun. go, Carl. All right. Uh, so how are we doing it? Which way now? Uh, Afterwards or before? You know what? Let's just let's have one now. Okay. And then one the reveal later. The best of both worlds. I got you mine. Know? Somewhere in between. Uh, I got mine. I don't. I'm, okay. So I part of this, this is getting inspired also, and I, we talk about that with our students, is that like everything should inspire you. Mm -hmm. And and it's, that's something that we've gotten used to too, is we don't judge our choices. I don't worry about like, is my Russia thing going to work? I'm just like, I'm going to be a guy who doesn't care about the law like if I was living in Russia, like on those crazy videos. Yeah. And, and throw uh, vodka. Right. And, well, the vodka <laughs> happened. But, but, and your dentist stuff, I mean, it fit in with what I was saying already. Yeah, as far it's as, like, a simple thing, right? Ended up being a good contrast to what I had, so it was mm -hmm. perfect. Um, cool. cool. So, Ready? Peter, what's yours? Oh, okay. Let's start off. Mine's Attic. Attic? Okay. And then <laughs> attic. We'll, we'll reveal yours later, Oh, Jeff. at the end. Yeah, it's so minute starts now. Okay, I think you're pushing the Ouija board, man. Stop uh, it. No, man. I got to make my hand fly, dude. No. Got to make it fly across the board. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm trying to summon my father. Yeah, yeah, but let's summon him with my hands. Listen, no one's supposed to know we're up here. Uh -huh. Can you just go with me? All right, I'm going to go with you, but we're going to follow my little flying hand. A flying hand or not, okay? Just one hand at a time and don't push, okay? Oh, yeah. All right, ready? One, two, look at that shit. It flew all Come the way across uh, the board. All the way across the board. What is with Hard. you, Steve? What, is, what is your deal, man? Huh? I'm just trying to get to the other side of the board. What's the point of this game? <laughs> it's not, it's, you don't win this game. It's summoning spirits, okay? Huh? Yeah, but when, what kind of game is that that you can't win? You just talk with dead people. You don't want to talk with dead people? It's really know. cool. I it's like scary. I had the little airplane that they got on here and slide across the board. Look how fast it goes. It's not an airplane. Look how fast. <laughs> it's, whoa, it's moving on its own. Yeah. Is it? Oh, man. Wait, that's a spirit. Uh -huh. Yeah, look, I've been pulling it with the string. Gotcha, bitch. You <laughs> 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 got a gotcha bitch in there. So, so what was yours? I want to know what his was. So, my <laughs> and this is probably incorrect, but I did it exactly as well. It says... Hand gliding. Hand gliding. So if it says hand gliding, I have to make my <laughs> hand fly, right? Because it's not hang gliding. Hang gliding. It's, it's hand, hand gliding. gliding. <laughs> so uh, I did it exactly like I it was said. I think it was who wrote that paper. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's I mean, uh, that's clearly not what I intended when I wrote it. But <laughs> I, I, did, I did exactly what I, I what it said. I'm not 100% sure how that's, to spell hang gliding. That's perfect. And there was all, no mistake. But it's challenging, right? Like, you sit there and, and give me that, and I go, that what is that? stupid Ouija board thing. It became perfect, I guess. But I was like, really? I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I see hang gliding in that little, whatever that thing's called. that you develop as an improv uh, artist, yeah. how can that help just a regular run-of-the-mill, like someone that's working in an office or uh, wants to just be a little more creative? Yeah. Um, and maybe not necessarily become like an improv actor. I think most humans have lost the ability to listen to each other and actually listen to each other and not be thinking about what they want to say next, right? Mm -hmm. Like most conversations people are having, like most people are bad at conversations, is because they're sitting there waiting for you to stop talking more than they're listening to you mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I think that's the major skill that it works for everything. In the office, yeah. wherever you are, it's like just becoming a better listener and being like, wow, those are all the things you said. Now I'm going to respond to those things, not respond with my things, right? right? And that's like the thing that's like, I think missing in like most relationships right now, especially with all like, I don't know, not to sound like too fucking weird, but like just the whole digital age thing yeah. right now, like whatever, everybody's not talking anymore for real. They're not really listening to each other. We're just sending things back and forth. It's like even like with memes or whatever, it's just right. like, oh, you sent that? Well, look at this one. 
right kind of yeah. thing, right? It's like, you know, top. it's not about like, we both enjoyed this thing, you know, yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's like we've stopped having I, that ability to listen and take in and grow. I feel like uh, for a normal person, it's how do you deal with strangers yeah. and, and people who never get out of their comfort zone. They, they have their same friends from high school and those are the people they hang out with. Or we worked on a job together and now I can trust those people. But you, sh you can trust a stranger within five seconds of meeting them if you have that sort of improbability to get their vibe. And you go, hey, yeah. this guy's cool. I get it. I think we most communicate people, on a level. Yeah. Most people are inherently good. I do believe that yeah. kind of thing. There are the people who have had rough times, but even those people, like, man, I don't think there's anybody that's like truly just an evil person that's going out there out of their way to do things. They all believe that they're doing the right thing. You know, so it's like, why don't we just start from a yeah. positive place and then see where it goes? You know, if yeah. you. That's my whole thing with anybody, I think. It's just like, if you're yes. be an asshole to me, I can't believe anyone, right? Everybody will sit there and be like, that person's the worst, that person's the worst. I'm like, well, until I'm burned, I won't. I won't give in to the idea that they're the worst. Maybe they're just misunderstood mm -hmm. kind of thing. They mm -hmm. haven't had someone listen to them for real yet. But I feel like you can, I don't believe like in energies and such like that, but uh, there is something like that, that um, nonverbal communication. And I, it's something I don't experience anymore because of improv, but I talk with strangers and mm. I don't get intimidated by that. Or when there's a gap in the conversation, it's okay. Like I don't feel that having to feel that, you know, <laughs> like, um, and, and I think that that comes from improv and that's something that we see our, we see our students get better at just talking and it's yeah. insane. They it's become like more fun people. Like yeah. it's so funny. They like start outside like, of here. Yeah. They yes. start like hanging out and stuff and they're just like, you know, they're all making jokes and stuff and they're not like, they learn the comedy weird. bits too and the timing and stuff, but also they're just like, yeah, I can deal with any situation yeah. because I've, I've started to learn how to open dialogues with, with limited information and it's, with people I don't know. Yeah. Well, so everybody there's, has. So there's someone listening to this podcast right now yeah. and they, you know, are working in an office and maybe are, are looking for, uh, a way to be a little more creative or maybe develop these conversational skills or whatever. Um, you guys offer, offer classes, right? Mm -hmm. Like how does that work? Um, Every month we offer a new level one class and our level one class is where you learn the fundamental foundations of improv, yeah. which is learning how to listen, um, learning how to um, be part of a group and, um, and to take inspiration from anything. And that's, those are invaluable skills for anyone. And we don't, expect anyone to continue to want to be performers. We have levels one through four, um, but yeah. a level one is in everybody class, just like how an acting class could be opening, mm -hmm. eye-opening for someone. In an acting class, you don't get as many performing opportunities as you do in an improv. You don't get that stage time mm -hmm. to really confront those things that you're learning, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so we just think it's just the best yeah. thing. And our level one is like really just like, the way I designed it was just to be like an overview of everything we teach, right? Like mm -hmm. we give you a little spec, everything to be like, is this something you want to do? Because this yeah. is everything that we do, kind of in a nutshell. And then when you go up into the levels, you start getting more refined and teach it. And also things. for actors, because we always get this question, oh, I've taken an improv class or whatever, right? And uh. Uh, <laughs> well, this is not a beginner's improv class because it's, that's not what it's about. We're teaching people long form improv in that first class and we're pushing everybody. There's no one in our class that, whether they've been doing improv for 10 years and we have some people who have done it in our classes, um, they're all getting pushed because these are, we're dealing with um, instinct when you're dealing with improv. You're dealing with how do you respond to fight or flight and how do you connect with other people and you cannot practice that enough. I mean, that's why mm -hmm. people meditate and do yoga and go to church because they're trying <laughs> to connect with something and we're asking them to do that on stage. And that practice then transfers yeah. to just real life. Yeah, well, yeah. you just start being better at being a human. Yeah. <laughs> People are so bad at being humans, I've yeah. noticed. Like, just over time, like, every single time I have an altercation with somebody or just, like, having a conversation with people, I was like, I see, like, man, why do you have so much fear yeah. about just talking to a person that's in front of you that's not threatening? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it's all just, these layers of yeah. protection that they put. And there's still people, like, you know, in my family everywhere that, like, sit there and just have these barriers that they put up that it's just like, you know, I have to live a certain way and I have to show you that I'm a certain way. And I'm like, why don't you just be the way you are yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not so fucking weird. It's funny, you know? yeah. It's something you really get because we make a lot of assumptions with people on improv. And when you start to see... We, we see everything as a character choice on stage, but it's funny to see people in the real world making character choices like, oh, you gotta see how flashy I am. You yeah. know? It's like, I'm gonna use these acronyms because I'm in the industry, because this is my, 
jargon at my work yeah. because I'm a professional. It's so funny. Like they're already they're already <laughs> improvising all the time, and it yeah. must be so they must be so tired when they get home. Yep. Because like man, I'm they so don't even tired know they're doing it at the end of the night, but they're working so hard to keep up this image. Right. You know, like I have to do that for like. 30 minutes and then after that I gotta sit for a second you know I can't imagine being that way all the time you yeah. must be like super frustrated we have stamina for so much divorce do you guys still do your, your drop-in classes yes we have one today even but every Saturday yeah. so those are just kind of uh, how is that different from level one it's just like a, it's five bucks it's like an hour and I just give you like real 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 basic like scene things like you know we're just working on scene work stuff just getting you up there mm -hmm. so you see what it's like see if it's for you kind of thing I try it's to more make of a it play atmosphere um, where you can kind of just gotta go and, and try it out. The, in the class, we're really teaching stuff and we're working on skills right away. And this is learning how to, and the drop-in is learning how to play and just seeing what this art form's about. So it's like the drop-in would be like sticking your toe in the water yeah. and level one would be kind of like is it being in like the, uh, the, the, the three-inch I think, I think level one is you're diving in. You're we're diving, diving, you're diving into the deep end. You're doing a cannonball into the deep end. Well, for us, it's like, yeah, like from day one, like, you know. Get something out of it. If we're, we're just okay. pushing it. We're going yeah. to say numbers, okay? It's a $250 class for eight weeks, uh -huh. okay? You're getting 24 hours of classes, okay? We're giving you value. This is an acting class that, that Jeff himself taught at Improv Olympic, the premier school in uh, school theater in Chicago. It would be teaching the same course for 400 or more. You know, yeah. and we're doing that in Miami for 250. So cheap. You know, and so if someone's listening right now and they're kind of like on the fence, and then yeah. like I said, I'm terrified of this. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're 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 curious, but they're terrified. Like, Sign what, up, what would you say? Do it. <laughs> well, I mean, my, no. I mean, I'm, what would you what would you say to that person? Like, the water's warm. I may be too direct, but I just may be whatever. I don't want to curse too much on this thing, but all right, I'll try are. to say it not. I'll, well, if I say what I really want to say, just. <laughs> Just stop being a pussy. <laughs> you know, like for real. Like yeah. that's my, like a real, that is my mantra for life. Like you just got to stop fearing things. And if this is a way for you to start crushing some of your fears, great. What I've noticed with improv is that you start doing it. And if you like jump all the way in and you start crushing those fears, you start sitting there going to your real life going like, man, you know, I should grow more as a person because I grew so much out of like conquering these fears. Like what would happen if like, yeah, I went to go swim with dolphins that I'm afraid of. If I went to go yeah. hanged, hang gliding, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it is, like what happens if you start doing the thing yeah. and you really yeah. start asking those questions more and more. I do yeah. it all the time now. Yeah. Every improv show, even though we've been doing this a while, there's always a nervousness, right? Because we always are going it's out great. There. And it's such a great feeling. It's alive. And so unlike an actor who has a script, every night is opening night for us. So we we never get to rest on our laurels. Not that any good actor would, but um, so that excitement there is that it's not that you just learn how to improv and then now you're this guru who you know lives without fear like the daredevil. Um, it's it's you just learn how to attack that every single day and you follow the fear, which is another yeah, phrase. a mantra from Sir Del Close. Yeah, a guy that invented the long form that we do, long form improvisation is what we specialize here at Villain. Follow so, the fear. Follow, follow the fear. fear. And I think that's like, man, that's so true for so many things. Yeah. That's where you find, that's where you find yourself. And you know, you discover it that way. So to get us started, can we get a suggestion of a title of a musical that is not Vegans. Vegans, the musical? I'll take it. Tonight, Van Noe Machine presents Vegans, Vegans, the musical, the opening and closing night. <laughs> what do you say to me? <laughs> I think you heard me. Oh, wait, hear me? <laughs> I think I heard you. This is my house, and these are my rules. As long as you live here, you gotta follow my rules. It's not about rhyming, it's about the structure and the song. So listen up. Just to uh, switch switch gears a little bit um, as we as we start to wrap up, but um, you're taking off uh, your pants now. One of well, <laughs> you know, it's it's just audio. We're, we're just we're here together. Do you need us to read more papers? He's, while he's, I do I'm just trying to create a more intimate vibe. He's here. taking off his pants orally. Uh, <laughs> he's doing an oral pants takeoff. <laughs> um, no, but one of the things that we're really exploring is is Miami itself, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, we were talking. Paul and I were talking about this a little bit. Uh, you know, about what uh, what's happening in Miami and what Miami means to us. But part of what we're doing here in the podcast is really 
exploring, finding the answer to that question, if you will, because I think it's very clear that something's happening. We're calling it a renaissance or an awakening mm -hmm. of sorts. Um, uh, but in a way, we're discovering it because it's the beginning of it. So what's your take on it besides, I mean, beyond the villain kind of being a piece of that puzzle, mm -hmm. what is happening in Miami? I strongly think it's this. I strongly think it's, uh, so everybody that's in Miami is like, there's very few people that aren't from somewhere else. Like their families are from, you know, Dominican Republic or from Cuba or from wherever. And all those families came here, right? Now we have their second generation kind of coming up and those people are a little bit more Americanized, but they also like are seeing, right? If you go to other places, you go to New York, you go to Chicago, you go wherever, you're not seeing yourself represented very much, right? Like in Miami, we have this whole like colorful culture, but you go somewhere else, it's not the same, right? It's definitely predominantly like more of a white culture thing, which is not a bad thing, but it's just like, you're not seeing yourself represented. I think the people down here are starting to be like, I wanna see what we do represented. Like mm -hmm. what is our voice? coming mm -hmm. out to be, right? And that's mm -hmm. why I came down here, because I was like, yeah, this is a place where I can get that voice to come out. Yeah, we've already yeah. seen the other voice on TV. There's yeah. so many TV shows for years, for years, and like so many different artists that we've seen for years the same. It's like, down here we have this whole mix of people, and mm -hmm. they're now in a position to create stuff, and the city is ours, you know? And it's kind of like a hybrid, in a way, mm -hmm. because it's, it's like, I, I mean, I'm the same boat, like, I'm Cuban parents, but um, I also feel very American. Mm -hmm. I mean, totally. uh, you know, because we grew up in a place where we didn't feel so out of place, right. if you yeah. will. There were other people around the same thing. So it's you like know, this hybrid voice that is there's a, It is like a reverse yep. diaspora. It, it's totally. like we, and I know definitely people of my generation, we're talking about all three of us here, um, that we were in Miami and we wanted to learn and we, we said Miami doesn't have all these things oh, yeah. and so we went somewhere else and then when we went there at least in my story I'll just make it personal now mm -hmm. I realized that I'm not there either and so what I needed to do was to come to Miami and take what I learned from there and if that's a culture that I wanted or those types of theater I, we had to do it here mm -hmm. ourselves we had to produce it ourselves and um, and it's that realization that that um, that we're from this place. And I never felt more Hispanic than when I lived in New York. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, um, it didn't help that <laughs> I was living in Washington Heights. But, um, but it helped me when I, when I went to auditions and, um, and people were fascinated that I was Cuban and wanted to have me talking Spanish and stuff. And then were amazing. Right, and, no, and, and I'd go by Peter even though my birth certificate name is Pedro. And, um, and to them, I was Pedro. They didn't want me to Peter. Yeah. And, and I realized that there was this identity that I was ignoring when I lived in Miami, because in Miami I'm, well, air quotes, I'm white. But um, it was when I went to New York, I was Hispanic, and and I didn't fit in that world. And it, it occurred to me like, well, exactly what Jeff was saying. Our generation, we didn't have a place here in Miami, and now we're returning back from our experiences and seeing how the rest of the United States, at least in my case, is, and and saying that you know we can do this here. It's a fertile ground. They have so much talent here that leaves, mm -hmm. and now they're finally coming back, yeah. and now they're finally putting roots down. And I think yeah. there's one thing I have to mention for sure. Yeah. I mean, we preach it here all the time, but mm -hmm. it's just like I have this thing again. I'm going to offend somebody, um, but I call it the tallest midget syndrome. Right? <laughs> people, I seem to see a lot of like work for the long time when I was down here before that people were just like. Well, I'm the best at what I do here. I'm like, yeah, you're the best in a market that has, you know, 20 other people doing the same thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of like you got to like aspire for more than that. I want to see and I'm seeing it now. People mm -hmm. in Miami are starting to aspire yeah. like for more than just being the best in Miami. Just be the best. Yeah. Right? right. Don't be the tallest midget. Be the actual tallest person, <laughs> you know. So let's yeah. look into the future. Five years from now, where do you see Miami? I hope to see the villain production studio by then. Yeah. I really do. I really do. I want us to start doing that kind of stuff. I hope there's other stuff like that happening. I hope we get all those tax credits for the, like the film industry. I hope right. we get like more art happening, you know. I, I hope I, I, yeah. the realtors finally realize that they can't keep pushing people out cuz it's destroying what's making people want to move here. Right? right, the art and all the like cool culture that's happening is getting pushed out by us not being able to afford to be here anymore. Yeah. It's like I just hope that kind of stuff changes. Yeah. So I guess I, I think you know um, our part of that community, and it's, there's a lot of people doing it. It's, it's the reasons to stay, and we'll eventually all the people who have who have settled and done their roots here, fill in will have grown since then. There hopefully will be more comedy clubs and theaters and improv theaters, and and 
and more support. And now there's an actual core to support. Like we needed that. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I think in five years, I mean, and think about what changed in the last five years. Yeah. Like, since, yeah. You know, since it's, I got, it's absolutely since insane. I, yeah. I actually give a lot of credit to, and this is going to sound insane, Michael Schwartz from Michael's Genuine Food and Drink in that he created an atmosphere, a culture of food, you know, here. And that was a big deal to bring in restaurants and that helped develop Wynwood and that design district. And then when the restaurants came in, it became a hip thing to be there. Then the bars came in, then the art came in, all those galleries now had these art walks. You could have had that, but Michael Schwartz just held it to a different standard. Mm -hmm. He said, he walked into Miami and said, they don't have food here. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of food in Miami, but he was like, there's nothing of the right caliber. And he started pushing. And then the restaurant scene has completely transformed oh, because man. of that. So much better. You know, our, um, and you have cool, you know, boutique bars here that have expanded, like our sponsor here at, at Pavilion, Gramps Bar, who said, you know what, we're going to build a real bar culture here and have a nightlife culture here. That's it's, it's something that we've never had before. Yeah, because it's always like you know? clubs and bullshit. This it's a different like standard. Yeah, for tourists, stuff for tourists. No, this yeah. is for people of Miami. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's you interesting because uh, like right outside on the street there, I noticed coming in is like, painted on the wall, this is not South Beach. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, people think, people that don't live in Miami think Miami's South Beach, and there's so much more. And, Absolutely. And it's going to be exciting to see where this goes. But um, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. I'm thank a you. big admirer of, of, of your work. And mainly for the fact that, yeah, it's not just a two, like you're giving opportunities for a lot of really talented people to get up on the stage and develop their skills and opportunities for people to be creative, which is one of the things that we're, hoping to do with this podcast awesome. is hopefully not just reach out to the people that are already creative. We're not just hoping to reach out to the artists. We're hoping to reach out to people that, that have lost that creative voice that they had when they were a kid. Mm -hmm. And um, that uh, hopefully start finding out about these things that are happening that give them opportunities to be creative. So if you're listening, you know, take advantage of these classes that are being offered uh, uh, here uh, and elsewhere that challenge you to be creative yeah just do something new with yourself yeah <laughs> and discover yourself so you wanted to check out ancestry.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just found out that my whole life is a lie uh, me too <laughs> once you start working here it's pretty much like what you thought you knew stuff no you didn't <laughs> okay well i'm ready to go down the rabbit hole what uh, do you say? cool give me your blood <laughs> you want this one? I mean, what do you get? Uh, well, you have to first order the kit, and then the kit comes in the mail. You don't have a kit here? Uh, I can't give you a kit just like willy-nilly like that, okay? I'll sign whatever. I just uh, want to know where I'm okay. from. I'm going to send you the kit, okay? And then you got to wait for a week. Listen, I'm an artist. It's really important to me to know my roots. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Here, we have a special kit. Oh, so you will cut me if you uh, just, for, just because you are being a little whiny bitch. Asa, asa. Okay, now I will send this to the doctors. Yes. They are in the back. <laughs> they are eager. No, no, man. With nobody who uses this website. So, so lastly, just to finish up, where, how can people find out uh, about you guys? Where can they go? What, uh, talk about your Saturday Gigantic show. Oh, you got it. Okay, well, so well, all our plug media. yourselves. All our yeah. social media. Let's do it. It's everything, all Villain Theater. Everything is Villain Theater. So villain at Villain Theater on Twitter. At Villain Theater at, uh, on Instagram, VillainTheater.com. On Facebook, you can find us at Villain Theater. Uh, and you can find, get all the information up there. Obviously, Facebook is an easy platform to have lots of up-to-date stuff. You can sign up for our classes on VillainTheater.com. Uh, our Saturday Gigantic Show, our, we have a show every single Saturday, and this opportunity for our students and our trained performers, um, we have a cast now of uh, close to 20 actors. We started August 1st, so we're up to 20 actors. We have almost 70 students now, um, and, and just more coming along the way. And they're gonna turn into our performers, um, and our show, we go from eight o'clock until 11. Uh, right. We do a, a different show every hour, two acts. And so, so it's like, not just so Saturday Gigantic. It's not just one show. It's, it's now one big show. It's th it's three shows in one. And right now is the best time to come uh, because you can buy a ticket and get the whole night uh, for uh, if you buy it online for ten bucks online. Yeah, and it's 
We have the bar. Gramps has our bar. And we bring, and you can bring food from anywhere. But we Absolutely. don't have food, so we're like, Hang hey, out. bring something. So we have improvised movies, improvised musicals. We have we, uh, a segment where we get Mammy celebrities. Our, our guest this week is uh, Mammy celebrity Ivan Lopez. Yeah, oh, sure geez. is. Super uh, celebrity. Terrified, guys. <laughs> terrified. And we're also reaching back to our roots and doing a show completely in Spanish with the Geraldo. So yes, that's right. So many that's a new things. show that you'll be awesome. able to see. Yeah, yeah. it's it. Um, and so this is all, they're all different shows, and it's all imp improvised. So every time you come, if you bring a friend, they're going to have a different new experience that's going to be just for them, just that night. And you'll look so cool with your lady. You're so cool with your lady because you do dude. underground I theater. Mean, or dude. Yeah, or dude. Or come on. Let's be inclusive. Don't bring any animals. Don't bring any animals. We can't do animals, <laughs> but. We can't control them. Either. Yeah. All right, guys. Check out. Thank you so much, thank Ivan. You. And thank you. Thank like you, Paul. I'm going to Paul so you can Paul, get it. Yeah. The sound Paul's you're hearing the is, is me abusing Paul Stein. Yeah. Well, well, we're Paul. We're going to hear Paul in a second now. Awesome. Oh now, yeah. Because now we talk about you guys. Oh. You're not going to hear that part until oh. we actually release the. Uh, this is this is where the like all the the bad talking. Like, that yeah. fat guy was terrible. Jeff curses <laughs> so much. He does. My God. He does. He's a homophobe. He is. I hate him. No, you fear them. I fear them. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Ivan. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, we've just finished the interview, but we've also just seen the show, and that was an amazing show. It was about four hours long. It was kind of like four different shows, really. In fact, maybe five or six different shows because they divided it up into segments. They did a movie tonight. They did a musical, musical. tonight. They did a, a Spanish section, their Geraldo section, yeah. which I was just fascinated watching, even though I don't speak a word of Spanish. Um, uh, some of it I got, yeah. <laughs> and it was great to watch and great to see people. And the, uh, what was the stories from, from the Magic City or whatever? Uh, yeah, which, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, they was... did a they did a long form uh, like a, a fifty minute uh, long form improv where they just you know, the cast just got up on stage and I think there were six of them and they just went for it mm -hmm. and, and went for fifty minutes you know they gave us a ten minute break at the end of the hour and they started the show off something they don't normally do they started an hour earlier and they did the uh, presentation of their um, sketch comedy class and they put together a uh, a little show of sketch comedy that the class wrote and that was amazing too. It was it was quite a night. Um, you can't beat it for you know ten bucks if you buy it online. You just can't beat it. <laughs> yeah, no, um, unbelievable. And the conversation uh, that we had was 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 fascinating too. Um, just those guys. It, I'm just really struck by their chemistry, by the way that they are able to bounce off of each other and almost kind of know extrasensorily like where the other one is is, mm -hmm. is coming from, and that's that's you know developed over time yeah and i think they're not only are they in tune with each other but they do know each other so well yeah yeah and the and the whole ensemble also is is kind of you know there's a lot of 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 young uh young actors that have have been now with the you know they've been there since the beginning so they've been there for four four or five months mm -hmm. kind of developing and you can see it from the first time i saw it was maybe like two three months ago and then to now you see how they're they're uh, a lot more comfortable and a lot more uh, their chemistry with the entire group is yeah. is really really and i got i got to speak with uh, one of those actors afterwards uh, melanie menendez who is a senior now at fiu theater mm -hmm. and one of my former classmates and i just thought of her as someone who was kind of shy i knew she was a good actor but um to see her up on stage it being that quick with the improv and i, I said to her afterwards you were brilliant I, I had no idea you know you could do that and and she said well it's something that you learn mm -hmm. it is what they're teaching and it is a skill that can be learned yeah yeah and uh part of the conversation that really struck me was um when they were talking about how the changes that they see in the people that that come to the classes in terms of being more comfortable uh, in their skins and, and being better conversationalists and mm -hmm. listeners, mm -hmm. uh, which I found really, really interesting. And so anyone out there that is, is even remotely curious about this, you know, go to one of their drop-in classes. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you don't want to make a commitment to the entire kind of level one uh, class, but just um, get out there and, and, and challenge yourself to come up to those walls of fear where you're, you're, because there's nothing else there it's just you uh and the moment but i think if you challenge yourself and you discover that you can do it you can break through those walls mm -hmm. so 
I, I especially liked hearing about the, the Peter and Jeff's relation to Miami, how they both went away like yourself and, and came back and felt there was something missing and came back. And, and now they're adding to this renaissance that's, that's going on in Miami now. Uh, which brings us to our, our our next interview, which is going to be our next time we're we're going down to artistic oh, vibes. Yeah. The wonderful, beautiful ladies of artistic vibes, mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa Thompson and Quills Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely looking forward to that. So uh, tune in next month, and uh, you know I think by by the time this airs, we'll have you know our our website up and and facebook and all that stuff i'm knocking wood right now you know this is this is all we're we're putting this together this is this is improv (laughs) yeah it really is it's we we literally we had the idea for a podcast Mm -hmm. without really knowing what that entails and we're learning as we go so and that's what quills and the and then vanessa and vanessa are doing i almost said stephanie which is quills real name yeah um um, that's what they're doing down at Artistic Vibes, and they've been going for a couple of years now, and they're yeah. still just putting it all together. Oh, yeah, and definitely giving other people opportunities to be creative. So that's next month. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. We'll see you Get soon. Get out there. See stuff in Miami. There's lots going on. Be creative. Be creative.